You're on. Hello, everybody. This is Mike and Muskie. Little take off Mike and the Mad Dog for those who used to remember the, uh, the old WFAN show. Glad to see everybody. Uh, hope you checked out me and Mike last night on Instagram. We did like a little live, um, a little live thing. A couple people joined us. Talked a little Justice League. A uh, little bit about poor Mr. Biden, President Biden falling. Uh, had a good convo. Talked a little bit about uh, you know, some current events. And we're glad to see everybody. Hope you uh, hope you enjoyed last week's episode. Keep clicking the subscribe button and uh, definitely spread the word. We'll kick it off to Mr. Mike. Big Mike, what do you got today? Uh, first, what's up, Chris? What's going on? I uh, hope everyone's doing okay. Uh, like Chris said, thanks to all the fans. You know, like, subscribe. Big thing, share the show. If you know someone that's not listening, share the show. You know, we're just trying to get the word out there. You know, we don't charge anything. There's no Patreon for the show or anything like that. We have no paywall. Uh, hey, who knows? Maybe down the road, if we get a lot of, if we do get uh, a ton of subscribers, maybe we'll start doing that. But right now, we want to keep it free for everyone. We want to keep it free for all the fans. So please like, subscribe, share, share the show. That's a big thing. One person shares the show. If one person that listens to the show shares the show, you know, pretty soon we we're, we got a very big audience. And we just want to thank everyone who sticks with us, listens, and uh, is a fan of the show. Um, basically, what did we have this week? We had the Grammys this week. And yeah, I mean, I mean, who really gives a shit anymore? I mean, the Grammys, what did they say? The, the ratings were down like 50% from yeah, last we, year's show. Uh, crazy. I mean, I think we're a little uh, about a week late to the party. I think it happened last week, but we were talking like uh, me and Mike were looking at the numbers. I'm a big sports fan, as is Mike, with the beautiful giant fleece that he's wearing tonight. Um, I think the ratings across the board for like these shows and these sporting events are down tremendously. And, you know, I can't figure it out. You know, I guess we'll get into it in a, in a little bit, you know, as far as the details. But the numbers staggering, man. Like, um, I think the Grammys are off 50 percent or 60 percent year over year. Yeah. Um, I was reading some stuff about the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl was like the lowest rated Super Bowl since 2006. Had wow. 90 million viewers. Um, the Stanley Cup finals last year was down like 60 percent year over year. The NBA down 50 percent. Um, all these award shows and all these like sporting events. I mean, I can't figure it out. I can't attribute it as, you know, in terms of like, are people tuning off to this stuff? Cause it just turned off about the activism and the message that goes along with it. Or is it just a case of people cutting the cord and doing other things and viewing stuff a little bit differently? It's hard to gauge, but the Grammys is pretty interesting. I didn't really check it out other than, you know, what we, I saw in clips and, I saw a couple things, you know, about Bill, um, uh, uh, Bill Burr or whatever the hell his name is, the comedian. Yeah, Bill and, Burr was on. Yeah, and he uh, he like butchered a couple of names and made a little joke, and people kind of went nuts about it. And it wasn't even a real like he when he came out on stage, he came out to some guy playing like a piano solo. Right. It was very. I saw it on. It was. It's up on YouTube now. You can go find it. And it was like this very somber music. And very like uh, it was almost depressing, the music he came out to. And when he <laughs> walked out, he just said, am I the only one that wanted to kill himself after listening to that? And there was no one there, but you could hear like the cast and crew. Well, the crew yeah. laughing a little bit. And then all he did after that was just butcher a, a girl's name. He couldn't pronounce a girl's name. 
And that was it. And people are going nuts about, it. you know, and yeah, there was a tweet. Some guy tweeted out saying, you know, Bill Barr's wife is black. Right. And, and, you know, you could still be racist and married to a black girl. And a lot of racists hide their racism by marrying black women. And I thought, right. you know, I mean, I've seen yeah. it both ways. People are interracially married or, you know, um, you know, they're with people of different cultures and stuff. And they say crazy shit and like their get out of jail free card is like, well, listen, you know, I'm married to a, a black person or I'm married to a white guy or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, however you want to call it. And it's like, oh, well, you can't attack me because look who my partner is. Yeah, but so, Bill, uh, Burr's wife actually had a nice comeback for the guy and just said, bitch, shut the fuck up. <laughs> so I guess, you know, I guess she's defending her man. One of the funniest, though, the like we're talking about the ratings. This strikes me as like one of the funniest ratings drops ever since trump left office cnn's ratings are down 47 percent to me that's the that's like like they basically helped kill their golden cow we were talking about this like i think in yesterday's show or maybe off air about the funniest not so much the funniest president but i guess not even so much the guys you know how they get portrayed in senate live but who's the funniest president over the last 50 years as far as being made fun of and for comedic value, is it is it Trump? Is it Nixon? Is it Jimmy Carter? Is it Gerald Ford? You know, Reagan, Bush, Clinton, you know, Obama, I think kind of got, you know, he was one of those guys that I think fell into a gray area in terms of I don't think people went after him and I don't think he offered much comedic value. But, you know, it's interesting, you know, I saw the president fall yesterday and, you know, we were talking about it during the Instagram thing. And I'm almost think like he could be the gift that keeps on giving, you know, like all things aside, I really, I hope nothing happens to the guy in terms of his health. You know, I think it would be really, really bad for the country, but in terms of the comedy value, you know, I just think that he yeah, could be, yeah. he could be, oh, you know, when it comes to com comedic value and, you know, jokes. Yeah. He comes, he's definitely got those like uh Gerald Ford vibes now falling down, falling up the I stairs. Really did. Like, I wanted to laugh at it. Some of the memes were freaking hysterical, you know, with like uh, Kamala Harris, like, you know, giggling behind the tree, like rubbing her hands, <laughs> like president type, type shit. You know, some of it was funny, but it's like, you know, he's like our parents age, you know, a little bit older. And it's like, you know, I see, I see, you know, it's just it's not funny on some level. It is well, funny. You, I mean, yeah, you I mean, people out there that got parents his age that are in like nursing. Home, there's people his age in nursing homes, man. That's, yeah. you know, that guy shouldn't, I don't think he should have nuclear codes at this point. You know, yeah. if you're that old and I mean, there, there's all these, like you could go down the, the rabbit hole with conspiracy theories on them too. Like a lot of them wear like earpiece, you know, they have the earpiece in. So someone's feeding them information. They said, you know, Bush did it. They, they say Bush had one in during the debates when he was running for president. I'm sure he had one. Then there was that whole thing the other day with the, his hand in the microphone thing and he's behind yeah. a green screen. I mean, they, you know, yeah. are they trying to make it out that he's not even talking to the press? Was that what the whole thing? I mean, the whole thing they said got debunked and they said yeah. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't special, you know, special effects or anything like that. You know, the same thing happened to Trump. They said he, that he was doing the same thing like he was staging where he was. Mm -hmm. And that got to too. So I, I don't buy too much credence into it. It's just that you, you really don't see a lot of the guy. And when you do see him, you know, he seems to be stumbling a lot in terms of words. 
You know, you get the shit that happened yesterday. And then the guy who on the live stream yesterday was talking about, I wasn't aware of it. You know, you mentioned the stuttering problem. Um, I think he had an aneurysm according to what that, that link was, which I didn't know. Yeah. And uh, my mother-in-law, God rest her soul, had one years ago. She was never right afterwards. You know, she was like 73 when it happened. Uh-huh. So, you know, that kind of would explain a lot of the shit that's, you know, probably occurring with the guy. And again, it's not a funny situation, but, you know, going back to the whole point that you made with Trump and the ratings being down, you know, I, I just think that some of these news organizations are so hesitant to go after a Democratic president the way that they do a Republican president. You know, it's almost, you know, if you're not going to go after the president, whoever he is, I think a big, a big audience that you have, you know, goes by the wayside. And, you know, when you don't have Trump to pick on you every day, whether you like him or hate him, you know, I could very easily see how your ratings are down 50 percent. I mean, I think I think the same deal with the Daily News. Like every day, like you opened up the Daily News, it was some sort of show uh, uh, story about Trump. And it's like, look, I get it. I mean, you know, you, you dislike the guy. But on the flip side, there's no other news going on in New York City other than the president or if the president fought yeah. so and does this. I mean, it got well, ridiculous. Yeah. But, yeah. It's like, I, you know. I'll watch I watch CNN pretty much every day. I'll, I'll flick back and forth, see what's going on. And a lot of times I wind up on CNN. And if you watch it now lately, they realize since like like they did, they killed their golden cow. They killed the golden calf by helping get Trump out of office. They didn't realize it. And they're starting to attack all the all the Democrats now that they have on their show. They had on um, a female senator. I think she was either from California or Texas, maybe. And they were talking about the border crisis and she started blaming Trump and the reporter actually went after her and said, it's too late now. This is a new administration. We're almost 100 days in. Nothing is being done there. And she was like, well, Trump did this. Well, Trump did. too late, baby. He's you know, out. It's your ball now. The ball's in your court. Right. The buck is stopping with you. And I mean, like I said, dude, we do this podcast. We try not to go left. We try not to go right. You call it down the middle. But. Listen, if you're a Democrat now, the ball's in your court and you the man. So they're going to they're going to, you know, they're in charge now. Yeah. So everything that, you know, everything that happens from now on is on them. You can't you can't go back. You can't keep going back and blaming the last guy. You're going you're to blame the last guy three years into this guy's presidency. I mean, what are you going to do? Going back to like the opening monologue thing about the Grammys and stuff and these sporting events being down. So it's like, you know what? On one token, like, and again, putting aside politics, whatever side, you know, people lay on right, left, Democrat, Republican, there comes a time where, you know, you want to turn on a show or a sporting event. You just don't want to be bothered with politics one way or the other. You don't want to be bombarded with it. You know, I'm a big sports fan, but I got to be honest with you. I've watched a lot less sports than I have in the last couple of years. You know, you want to call it as a result of the activism where I lean politically. I just don't watch it as much. And, and the reason being is like when I turn on a football game, I don't want to be bombarded with, you know, any sort of message left, right. You know, um, whether it's good or not, you know, whether I agree with it, or not, I, I don't want to be bothered with that. If I want that, I'll turn on to CNN. Mm -hmm. And I think with CNN, CNN turned from like being a news organization, same thing with Fox and all fairness to like all of a sudden it's like a shill organization for one political party or the other. Like it seems Fox yeah. is like, towards the Republicans and then the CNN is, 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 you know, geared towards the, the Democrats, you know, you turn on like an election. Like I remember watching the Bush reelection in 2004. And I remember watching like, you know, simultaneously, I was flipping back and forth between the, uh, the, uh, the simulcast and like one, one show, it looked like a fucking party and the other it looked like a walk. And I'm like, mm. 
reporting the same shit. I mean, your news organizations, I mean, what are you like, Al Jazeera? You know, I mean, are you like the, the political arm yeah. of these, these places? Yeah, and uh, you, don't, you don't have factual news. You know, it's not news reporting anymore. It's opinion reporting. Right. That's all we have now. I mean, you can watch. What is it? You turn on CNN during the week. You, you get Anderson Cooper, Don Lemon and uh, who is it? Cuomo's brother. Right. You, three guys, you think any of them had positive things to say about Trump? Oh, not at all. And the not same thing you got, you got Hannity and then all those oh, other shows. And that was, you know, the country's great. And now, right. like we said, we talked about this last week, how everything flip flopped. And now when I turn on Fox, you know, we're, we're stages away from World War Three with China and they're going to be the new superpower and take this right. country over. So. And I look at you know, the entertainment industry as a whole and I look at those numbers, Mike, and I'm like, all right, how much is it attributed to like people turning off this stuff because of the message like, you know, we're insinuating or is it are people like doing other shit? You know, are like they cutting the cord? Are they watching things differently? You know, I mean, listen, let's face facts. We talked about the Super Bowl. It was an abysmal show. I don't think I've watched an award show in like literally two or three years minimum, maybe maybe longer. Only reason being, I mean, I'm a music guy. So like I turn on and, you know, I watch the musical shows a lot, you know, the Grammys and stuff. But, um, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of that stuff I tuned out because it's just like you know, the best analogy I can make is I don't mind people being political in entertainment, in the entertainment industry. But there comes a level where, like, the expectation is you get either the entertainment or both entertainment and a political message. And I'll give you an example. I love The Clash. They're my favorite band, punk rock band, very political band. I like Public Enemy back in the day, very political band. When I went to a show, I expected to hear politics. And I, I, U2 is another great example, great band. But, you know, he has he had a habit of introducing his politics into the music yeah. and into the show. No problem at all. However, when you go into a band, uh, I'll give you another example. When you go see Britney Spears, the last thing you expect from a Britney Spears show is at the end of her show, her going on a diatribe about how the industrial military in, complex. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and I think I think some of these shows, I mean, I think it's the decline could be attributed to the activism and the, the political messages. But um, I also think that there's an element like, you know, that we were talking about off air in terms of like people just cutting the cord and watching different stuff. Yeah. I mean, or viewing it differently. Um, it's I hard think, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you're you're absolutely right with that between the I think it it's definitely a mixture of both where. I mean, since I got all these streaming channels, on, I barely watch cable TV. And if I do watch it, I might turn on like the local news quick or if there's a game on that I want to watch. That's pretty much it. Other than that, you know, it's like, oh, what, what's I can catch any show I want. I can DVR whatever I want. If there's something on, on you know, yeah. regular cable that I want to watch and everything else is on a streaming service. So, yeah. I heard someone say this the other day, this guy, Andy Fiore, who's been on the show. Uh, big, He's on the DYM podcast, him and Sean Donnelly. Go check that show out. Great show. And uh, he said the best thing now, when he watches like the Academy Awards, he just watches till they announce the winner. And then he goes, I change the channel. And then I change back to when they announce the next winner. He goes, because I don't want to hear your bullshit. Right. And it's true. No one wants it. You, you fucking it's they're millionaires that play pretend. Musicians, not, actors, whatever you play, right. pretend you play, you play children's games. 
athletes, it's the same way. You play children's games and you make millions of dollars. Just fucking be humble about that shit and fucking walk away, man. Take your statue and go home. I'm not a huge fan of him, Mike, but I'll tell you what. The message that he delivered last year in a nutshell, just explain what you said. Yeah, Ricky Gervais. Yeah, he's great with that. Come up, get your award, and fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) You know, give you a little speech and fuck off. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just hard to gauge. You know, is it that? You know, is, is it people fed up with that shit? I mean, but, like, these numbers are, like, really, really bad, bro. I mean, like, at the end of the day, I mean, that Super Bowl, that Super Bowl is the lowest rated thing. And it, and it really got great ratings compared to everything else on television. But you just would expect with everybody at home, for the most part, you know, during COVID, during the pandemic, you'd be turning on, you know, more and more of this stuff, you know, whether it be sports, yeah. it be movies. And it just seems like, especially the sports and, and the award shows, they're down tremendously. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll play devil's advocate in the one set. Like, I'll go back to the streaming services and play. De- All right, let's just say this pandemic was 20 years ago. Right. 20 years ago, I couldn't. And I'll just just using examples. 20 years ago, I couldn't turn my TV on and watch, you know, an entire episode of, you know, the entire series of Breaking Bad or the entire, you know, the walking. I can catch up on all the walking dead or whatever. Pretty much any show you want to watch, you know, 20 seasons of Law and Order SVU is on Hulu if you want to watch it. Plus the original. That was another 20 year show. I mean, you could just sit there and well, crank out shows I'll give, or... I'll give you an example. I'm a, I'm a big sporting fan, right? So are you. So usually every year I do the NCAA brackets. Usually I turn it on. I'd have it on now, to be honest with you. I probably wouldn't be doing the show. I'd be watching the shows or in a bar with one of my friends, you know, watching and betting the games. Every year, the guy that I work for, he does a challenge where basically if you pick a perfect bracket, the first 49 games or 46 games, whatever it is, you get a million dollars for life. If you mess up once or if nobody picks a perfect bracket, the person who goes the longest without effing up, they get $100,000 up front. So this is usually a big thing. Outside the Super Bowl, I know this is the biggest yeah, betting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, in, in sports in, in the country, you know, during the calendar year. And I got to be honest with you, I haven't turned on one game this year. You know, it's it's it started yesterday. I didn't do a bracket for the first time in God knows how long. Wow. And I haven't turned on the television, you know, and it's not because, you know, these guys are activists or anything. It's just that I have no desire to do it. You know, it's just weird, you know. So, again, like saying what you're saying, I guess there are other things. You know, some of it is quality time with your family. Like think about how much time you spent with your family, sat down with dinner. Yeah. You know, you're not distracted. You know, I, I think there's a lot of things that go on. But again, I don't think it explains the the huge, huge drop off some of these shows and these yeah. events have had. Um, I can't, back, what, well, I can't wait to see something in about probably like 10, 15 years down the road. I'm sure like psychiatrists and therapists are going to there's definitely going to be studies done about how this last year affected people for either the, the rest of their lives, the next 10 years of their lives. I mean, think, think about someone who lit, you know, grew up in Iowa and then moved to New York and then it was your life is shut down. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you were cut off, you know, you're living by yourself and now you're cut off and your family's however many uh, 1500, 2000 miles away from you. My wife's in the mental health industry and uh, she talks about it all the time. Suicide rates are through the roof. You know, people are going to really messed up. A lot of people can't cope with it, you know, as far as being yeah. cut off things completely different 
you know, it's really bad for the kids. You know, think about the kids for a second. You know, how many kids that you're on, you know, in, you know, home from school and not in a real school interacting with people, proms disrupted, all sorts of stuff. And again, I know it's not a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but for some, you know, it is, you know, um, no, I just have little things. Yeah. The little things just get, you know, like you said, prom, whatever, baseball, little league, soccer, whatever, whatever your kids were doing. Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, whatever you were doing is it was shut down. People that just wanted to go to gyms every day. I remember right. I know people that were just going online trying to buy gym equipment for a year. And then everything was price gouging. Absolutely. You know? But as far as the, you know, we talked about that. We talked about the cord cutting, the pandemic, people doing other stuff. You also got to, you know, you'll go back to the activists and stuff for a second as well in terms of like why these things are down so much. So I just explained to you, you know, uh, some of it I can't explain as far as why I'm not watching it. Um, you know, I talk about cancel culture, right? We talk about that every now yeah, and yeah. then. I think you see a lot of hypocrisy going on in these events, too, and the messages that they deliver. It's like, OK, cancel Dr. Seuss because he's saying racist shit in his books. But the rapper Cardi B, who I happen to like, she's got good music, is talking about WAP, which I'm not for the audience going to go into you know for the mm -hmm. pg audience out there but it's not the nicest acronym if you catch my drift so here you are you know you're condemning one form or type of media but the other is right in your face and she's grinding and saying all sorts of crazy shit you know on, on an award show yeah it's a, yeah and like the same way you can even take that back you go back to like cuomo with that where the left was constantly believe all women believe all women and right. then this came out and how even what was her name? Kristen Gillibrand, a senator from the, the junior senator from New York. It took her over a month to finally say, like, yeah, I guess we should do something about this. But she yeah. was right on top when, you know, that guy Kavanaugh was getting confirmed for the Supreme Court. Everyone right. was up that guy's ass. And these same people kind of like just put their head in the sand for this for a while until it actually grew momentum. And you know, I think it's up to like seven or eight accusers now for the sure. governor. And now they actually have to come out and say something or they're going to look like idiots. Well, the other thing is I read something the other day. I think we maybe brought it up off air about, you know, in 2024 for, for the for the next award shows for the movies, you have to have some sort of qualifications and, and you have to meet some sort of yeah. qualifications in order for your movie to be, I guess, considered for an award. You have to have a certain quota of like different cultures and different races in your uh, in your movie, which, again, I think is great. But. You know, on the flip side, you're you're really making people conform to a certain, I guess, standard in order to be considered, you know, for these award shows, which yeah. to be honest with you, I mean, I think it's great. You know, I'm all for it. But, you know, when it comes to art and entertainment, you can't limit people in terms of expressing themselves or you can't conform you know, art. You right. Can't, you can't conform art. But on the flip side of that, in 2024, I hope Medea goes to jail. Part two sweeps the Academy Awards. <laughs> or Big Mama's House 4 I'll go see that Big Mama's House 4 I don't think I Is it 4 or is it 3 or 4 They I know they did 2 So maybe 3 or 4 Whichever one But I'll go see it But I'll I mean Yeah Yeah You can't just Make it out like You have to have this in your movie Or we're not We're not going to consider you for anything Like you said You can't I mean and, and it's in front of the camera As well as behind the camera but I noticed, too, uh, someone said with it that it really didn't get into, like, the higher ups of the movie industry. Like, uh, I think the production and directors, it's going to have nothing to do with that. 
So right. basically the people that control Hollywood are still going to control Hollywood, you know? So it's pulling puppet strings and trying to make people happy. That's all it is. It's just weird. It's just weird how the numbers are down so, so big. And look, I get, I get things and how we digest stuff and the options that you have to entertain yourself are completely different than when we were kids. I mean, I remember being in a dating hollow house back in like the late eighties or mid eighties, watching the Mets on a Connecticut broadcast station with a little rabbit ears television that yeah. you guys. Um, I remember there was a time where you, did, you had the NFL basically on Sundays. It was the Jets and the Giants. You had Monday night football and that was it. And now you have it basically every day of the week for all intents and purposes. Um, especially for those who play fantasy sports. You know, I can tell you my preparation for the following week it just doesn't stop. You know, I watch the games on Sunday and, you know, I'm watching Sunday night. I'm watching Monday. And it just goes on and on and on. You know, it just never stops. So, uh, listen, I, I do think there's an element of the options and, and how you digest stuff is different. And that probably leads to the decline in the ratings. But some of these things, I mean, you're talking year over year stuff in the middle of the pandemic. And you begin to wonder, is it is it a pandemic? Is it the activism? Is it the messages? Is it a case of you, like you said, binge watching stuff or doing other shit with your family? You would just think, though, in the middle of a pandemic, again, regardless of what you're doing and what options that you have, that instead of these numbers being up or tremendously down, at the very least, they'd be stagnant. And it's across the board, man. It's not just one thing. Yeah. Now, you would think it maybe might be the NFL for like, you know, the flag anthem stuff or the NBA, same stuff. But hockey was down. I mean, I know they walked out last summer. I mean, but even so. Yeah, but no one cares about hockey anymore. Nobody cares. I yeah. mean, right. Hockey is just one of those sports. It's like it's there. It's and sad, it's, though. And that's it's that's it, it is. No, I you know, I know, you know, you and a bunch of the guys we went to school with loved hockey. I never got into it and I could give a shit if hockey left or not. But it it, it does show that across the board number of everything's dropping off. Right. And like you said, I can I can DVR a hockey game tonight and watch it three days later and not give it, you know, if I, if I don't give a shit who won a loss, I just want to watch the game. Then I'll do that. So. I, uh, the I numbers mean, are really, really big. And I watched that number and I'm like, wow, 50%, 60%. That's huge, man. That's half your audience. Yeah. Well, but, uh, speaking of like things getting canceled or things going away. I mean, we were talking about this, too. We were talking about how, like, genres of movies are kind of gone. And, like, one of the biggest genres that have disappeared over, like, the last 30 years or so is, like, uh, the Western. Yeah. And we were trying to figure out, like, over the last, say, like, the last 30 years, like, some of the best Westerns since, like, let's say since 1990. So what is it? Yeah. So 30 years, 31 years. Tweet us out, Crack House Pod, that what you think the best Western since 1990 is, or your your list. You could give us four or five, whatever you want to do. And we were we, and we were talking about it, and we thought like, as we were going down the list, we kind of I, I think it kind of like stretches a little, and then we got into like some TV stuff. But uh, I guess we could start off maybe Unforgiven. We'll start out like with like one of the earliest ones, like Unforgiven was. I thought it was amazing. The guy killed Clint Eastwood killed it at the Academy Awards actually that year. When yeah. it won a whole bunch of Academy Awards. So uh, me and Mike were talking about, yeah, you know, I actually brought it up to him. I'm like, 
there was probably a revival of Westerns like in the late eighties, early nineties, you know, the young guns and, uh, Silverado, Auto, right. Pale rider. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like over the last, I would say 15 to 20 years, the whole genre is taking a shit. I mean, you've had some big movies over the last 15, 20 years. I looked it up. You want to consider Brokeback Mountain a big Western? I mean, I guess, you know, not my cup of tea, but it is technically it's, a Western. Yeah, I get, yeah. I guess uh, you call it a what? You know, it's not an, a period piece Western, but it's a West. It's a modern Western. Yes. All right, we'll call uh, it that. The Django Unchained, which I never saw. It was more of like a parody of Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, that I, was see, a- I saw the Django Unchained. I liked it, but I don't consider it a Western. I consider more like Hateful Eight a Western out of like those. If, yeah. if you're going to give me those two movies. I mean, I saw the Django Un- Unchained on one of those lists. And I was like, I don't consider it a wet. You know, it takes place in the South. It's not really. A, it's not out West. It, it's more that's a. Uh, Hateful Eight is out in like middle America, you know, out in no man's land, and it's all these guys that are like Civil War generals and bounty hunters. That's a that's a fucking great movie. That's a great western. Right, right, right. The Django is just more like a, a Southern period piece. That's a great, you know, by another great movie. That's why I figured I'd bring it up. Um, I don't know if it is the best, you know, or uh, you know, as far as it is a western or not. But I did see it in a couple of lists. Um, I saw Brokeback Mountain, which again technically is. I saw the Old Country, um, the Old yeah, Men. Yeah, No Country for Old Men. I saw has made a couple of those lists. I get yeah. If you're gonna expand the genre, I guess to like modern westerns, then yeah, I guess you could throw in movies like that. The same way, uh, Back to the Future Three is on a couple of these lists. Right, right. And like it is a technically same thing, technically a western, but. Uh, I don't ever classify it as a Western. It's part of a trilogy of movies that just happens to take place in the old West, the third one. And I think also like, you know, some of the, some of the actors that, you know, had huge, um, I guess a lot of roles in the Western genre, they don't exist anymore. You know, like you have other actors that kind of delve into it, like, you know, Kevin Costner with dances with wolves, that kind of shit. You know, these guys aren't known to be Western actors because well, the genre. Did- what did he do after? He did Wyatt Earp after that. That movie was horrible. Like Tombstone, Tombstone was a thousand times better. Yes. That movie yeah. is awesome. That's probably, to me, that's probably the best Western I've seen in like the last 30 years. You know what I completely forgot about, Mike, you know, talking about it? And maybe, maybe the genre isn't dead. Maybe it is, you know, we mentioned a lot of, uh, a lot of movies that have been made over the last 20 years. Maybe they're not like John Wayne type flicks or like, you know, old Clint Eastwood, like the good, bad and the ugly type stuff. But, you know, there there has been a lot that we just mentioned. You know, how about actually it's a pretty favorite of my uh, a big favorite of mine because I'm a big fan of him. Um, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Bob Ford. Oh, uh, see, I never see. Yeah, I never saw that. Dude, it's phenomenal. It really is a good movie. Mm. And, I mean, maybe it's because I like Brad Pitt. I think he's a freaking, you know, comedic genius. All things aside, I know the ladies out there love him and shit. Mm. But um, I watched that. And I'll tell you what, who stole the show was Ben Affleck's brother, who plays Bob Ford. So if you have a chance, check it out. Um, I think the guy from um, the guy from the, uh, the no, not the departed, the uh, the town. Did you ever see the town with Ben Affleck? Yeah. yeah. Jeremy, the guy who plays. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy Renner. He's in it. There's a couple. It's got a really good cast. There's a couple guys that. 
they're not big, big actors, but like, if you got a chance to check it out, it's a pretty good, pretty good flick. And if you like Westerns, I think you would enjoy it. Um, and that even being said, like the, the movies that we're mentioning, yeah, whether you consider them Westerns or not, they still don't, they don't, they don't add up to like the Unforgiven. They don't add up to any of those classic John Wayne films, the Clint Eastwood films, you know, um, even the Young Guns for that matter. I mean, <laughs> think about that for a second. I think you know? they were just talking about rebooting that somehow or Young Guns 3. I just Young saw Guns something like that online. I liked it. I liked the first one. The second one, I thought had that nice little twist to it with, you know, Billy the Kid still alive and all that. And he's supposed well, to be. That's, yeah, it, that, that, that's one of those. It, but it's like urban legend where no one. It's I think it's one of those things that really can't be proven. Oh, no, it's, it's a true story. Bushy Bill actually existed. So the two guys. No, guy Billy, that, I'm saying Billy the Kid. Weren't they saying it was Billy the Kid? What they're saying is Billy the Kid survived it and they staged his death. Mm -hmm. You know, so there were two guys that were claiming to be him. One guy got debunked, but Bushy Bill, the guy in the movie, allegedly the story goes in the 1950s, I guess he came out and he basically confessed. He goes, I'm Billy the Kid. You know, I've been living in, you know, basically hiding for the last 50 plus years. And um, I guess what happened was he was old. He was like in his 90s, which kind of would have corresponded with Billy the Kid's age. He answered all the questions. He basically, there were people, I guess, of that time period that was still alive at the time that identified him. They're like, yeah, that's Billy the Kid. And then I guess he was, he, he got subpoenaed. And about a week before he was supposed to go to the subpoena, the guy basically had a stroke and he died. He was like in the middle of the street. And he just had a fucking heart attack and that was it. And he never got a chance to really um, oh, shit. go to the subpoena. But it's a true story. And there's actually some validity to it to the point where I think they wanted to exhume the guy's body. To get DNA testing, and I guess the the um, I guess the ancestors didn't want it, and I also think that the New Mexico governor didn't want it because it's a huge tourist attraction. So they got the yeah. graves Mexico for our friend uh, in, uh, Rob out in Arizona from the Boy Scouts. Mm. I want to check it out. It's a pretty cool site, you know, if you're into that sort of stuff. But um, apparently, the governor of New Mexico objected too because he figured that if it was proven that that wasn't Billy the Kid, the whole yeah, tourist but yeah, by the, the money way. he would lose. All right. So, you know, listen, probably bullshit, but I, I did read about it. I'm a big history and Western buff and uh, there is some validity to it. All right. I mean, for me, like I said, I mean, I don't I liked uh, Tombstone. I thought it was a great movie. And I actually did some like research on it. I was like looking it up and a little known fact. They say uh, Kurt Russell directed a majority of that movie. <laughs> They hired a director. Okay. And whatever it was, he wasn't jiving or whatever. It just it, it wasn't working out. And if the movie wasn't being done the way they thought it should be done. And I think it was like his first film. And he just couldn't handle it. Too many people involved, too many moving parts. And they said Kurt Russell stepped in and he directed like a majority of those scenes in the movie. Oh. He, and he just never took credit for it. He was like, listen, it's his first movie. I'm just going to help him out. And out, man. I got to check it out. I'm a big Western guy. Um, there were a couple others I wanted to mention to you, too. Like like I said, it's not completely dead. You had 310 to Yuma with, uh, yeah. with Russ and uh, uh, Christian Bale. I think, um, was that the same one? No, no, that was a different one with Sharon Stone, right? Oh, Quick and the Dead. Yeah. Back Quick with uh, Russell Crowe. He was kind of like a nobody, I think, in that one. Or like that was right, be 
either like right before L.A. Confidential came out. Yes, maybe. Yeah. Or like right as it was coming out. Um, another one, a recent one. It was a independent film and it's with Kurt Russell. It's called Bone Tomahawk. It is. Yeah, you know, brutal. I, to, I checked that, that out. That's a, my buddy Jack turned me on. I saw the I saw a trailer for it. And then uh, my buddy Jack, uh, he saw it and he goes, watch this movie. And I caught it on uh, one of the, the streaming channels and it was sick. Very brutal. Very much showing how, you know, it doesn't paint Indians in a in a good light in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I can like imagine. real, like, you know, people getting scalped in the movie. Uh, there's some real brutal scenes in it. Real good movie, though. Go check it out. Bone Tomahawk. You know what I wasn't a big fan of? Uh, the new True Grit. Did you see that? Yeah, with uh, what's his face? Bridges? Yeah, horrible, bro. I'm not a big jo- Jeff Bridges fan, but I-, I watched that. I'm like, you know, I-, I think it was okay on some level, but it's just like John Wayne's, you know, that's John yeah, Wayne's. Were, I mean, that's like anything. When we talk about like remakes and I'll tell you right. I've never seen uh, what's his face? Steve Martin in any of the, old, the uh, Pink Panther movies. I refuse. Oh. I refuse no. to watch that. No, absolutely not. You know, that was Peter Sellers from the get go. You can't. You know, Steve Martin's funny in his own right. I give Steve Martin all it, but he's not Peter Sellers, man. Want to hear a funny story about Steve Martin? So we talk about uh, famous people. Last night, me and Mike were talking a little bit about, you know, some of our interactions in the Boy Scouts with, you know, famous people we encountered like Joe Paterno or Ben Vereen. And uh, talking about Steve Martin, Steve Martin lived in a building where my brother worked on the Upper West Side. And my brother hates his guts. And basically, if you work in, if you work in these residential buildings with these celebrities, Basically, what happens is at the end of the year, they tip you out, whether you're an elevator operator or a doorman. Um, any of the building staff usually gets tipped out by the people. And because these people are rich, they usually give them a good chunk of change. You know, it's not uncommon for these guys to get a couple thousand dollars from them. And some guys walk away, you know, 20, 30 grand at the end of the year on top of their salary. Yeah, so, that's the old doorman. You know, people, that's why people used to love getting in that union. I know plenty of guys that were in that union. They were like Christmas time. You know, so anyways, Martin lives in an apartment in my brother's building on the Upper West Side and come around, I guess, Christmas time. They're handing out the checks. Everybody opens their checks and the wild and crazy guy gives my brother and the staff 10 bucks a pop. (laughs) And my brother's like, this guy's a fucking (laughs) I mean, fuck him, the wild (laughs) guy. What a dick. You know, it's crazy, Eve, you know, and here you are giving 10 bucks. You're worth millions of dollars picking up shit all throughout the year. And it's like, this is what you get. My brother fuck, freaking hated his guts, man. To this day, like if you ask, <laughs> <laughs> like he fucking hates him, bro. He's like, he's a fucking dick, man, of all the guys at 10 bucks. And like he walked around like he was doing them like a big favor and shit, according to my brother. Like, you know, oh, look at me, blah, blah. And uh, anytime his name comes up, Jason has a shit fit, bro. He hates his <laughs> on that. But I uh, wanted to mention that. So many people we ran across in those buildings, you know, for the most part, they were cool people. But, you know, once in a while you come across, you know, somebody and, you know, talking about Martin and stuff that you brought him up. You know, I figured I'd bring, <laughs> bring that story up of my brother's disdain. Wow, what a, what a dick move. Ten bucks, Ten bucks. Bro. Ten bucks. Yeah. And think about all the shit that these people do for them all year. Like they basically yeah. garbage out, you know, they protect them. 
They run their errands. They basically bring their packages up. They do everything to them. If there's anything wrong with their apartment, they're up there in a freaking heartbeat. You know, those staffs are really underrated. Like they're, they're worth every penny. I'm sure anybody who lives in those buildings will tell you that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, for them to do that, for that guy to do that shit, I mean, it's like the, uh, the old Reservoir Dogs movie, you know, when the guy's talking about tipping the waitress and shit. And he's like, uh-huh. I don't, you know, what do you mean you don't tip? He goes, the violin, this is the smallest violin in the world playing for all the, the waitresses in the world. I don't tip. And, uh, you know. Well, a lot of I, people say that, man. That's why the rich stay rich sometimes, you know. They, they don't they don't part with their money. Common decency, though. I oh, mean, what? a Wow. You think he'd be a cool guy? I think he did. But as my brother says, the wild and crazy oh. guy. Dickhead. <laughs> That sucks, man. What a letdown when you hear about that like that. Charles, like when he said it to me, I, I got the, I had the same thing that you said. I'm like, you know, I remember him from the, uh, what was the movie where he's like walking the dog and acting like um, the, the big movie that he had, like in 1980, 1981. Oh, uh, the, not the jerk. The jerk, right. Yeah. The jerk and uh, the old Saturday Night Live skits and stuff, the Pink Panthers and shit like you mentioned. Dickhead. Complete dickhead. Wow. Fuck him. (laughs) Um, One more thing I'd like to throw out. So we were talking about Sharon Stone and Russell Crowe. Did you read today how um, allegedly she uh, she's now claiming that the scene in Basic Basic Instinct, you know, the famous scene where her product is going. She claims that she was duped and she didn't know that that was going to happen. See, she said that years ago, too. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know. Come on. Come on. Who are you kidding? I think she's I, I think she's kind of full of shit a little bit. She you're going to tell me the director wasn't going to tell her that, like, here's the shot. I mean, they look at the scenes every day that they shoot. How did she not know? How did she not know that was going to happen? I mean, I'm not. Listen, I'm not bashing her. No, really at all. But come on. That movie made you a millionaire. How many times over? Right. And your career is. Yeah. You know, Take it with a grain of salt, Sharon. Jeez. <laughs> she uh, she also said, what the hell did she bring up? She I saw something to the effect of, she said one of the producers or directors forced her to sleep with a, with a co-star. Well, I think it might have been Basic Instinct, you know, like a real raunchy scene. She's like, yeah, we actually had intercourse and I was forced to do it, you know? So she's coming out with a lot of stuff too. I'm sure I'm sure it'll uh, be in the news a little bit more. But I see, you know... When you see what people like that, listen, she hasn't had a hit movie in how many years? She's been out of the, she's been out of the public eye. I mean, she's in her sixties now, or whatever, and she's been out of the public eye a long time. And it seems like these people, after a while, they just they they want to they need another way to get like famous again. And it's either like coming out with some outrageous shit that happened thirty years ago, so no one gets in trouble about it, or they become an activist and it's save the whales, no nukes, whatever the fuck it is, free this one from jail or whatever type of bullshit they want to come out for, whatever the cause celeb of the day is. Uh, that's like, it's, 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 it's like, I have nothing to do. I still want to be famous. How can I be famous? Uh, let me get, let me, let me get arrested at a uh, peace rally. Let me ask you this and to all the men in the audience, women out there, I'm sorry about this, but who's the hottest over 60 year old entertain uh, woman entertainer at this moment. And I'll give you four choices. One we talked about last night, Linda Carter. Number two, Diane Lane. 
who I think I don't think she's 60 yet. Sharon Stone. I'm gonna, look, Ma- up. I'm gonna look up Diane Lane right now. Hold on. Me and Mike were talking about the Justice League last night, and we were doing uh, uh, like a little review on the on the online thing about the uh, the Snyder cut. And to me, like I'm I'm watching Wonder Woman. I'm like I'm not a big fan of the Wonder Woman movies. You know, she's not Wonder Woman. She's not as hot as Linda Carter was. Not that it means a big deal in the big grand scheme of things, but you know, I guess guys my, our age and people our age, you know, you have a certain uh, idea of what a character should be like. Superman should be Christopher Reeve, that type of thing. And I'm watching her and I'm like trying to contrast her to Linda Carter. And I'm like, there's no comparison. And it almost like ruins the movie for me. Like as I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, you know, it just doesn't do it for me. I mean, I'm not even being oh. around. I'm just talking about just like in general, just yeah. the overall, you know, depiction of it. And, um, you know, I just started this on a fly, you know, as far as like I saw a picture of Sharon Stone, who doesn't look bad, you know, for a 60 plus year old woman. I mean, well, Diane, Diane Lane is 56. And I just she, found and her mom was in Playboy. Wow. Her mom was Miss October of 1957. It was wow. Colleen Price was the mother. Ooh. And I think Linda Carter's got to be our parents' age, man. I think she's in her 70s at this point. Um, Madonna's got to be early 60s, right? Yeah, Madonna. Yeah, but she looks weird, kind of. She's got like that. She, she's got like that old lady super workout body where she's all like yeah, bangy yeah. and muscly. It, I mean, God bless her, but I don't know. Madonna, I think I, I swipe left on. Swipe left on. Yeah. But always, I don't know. Um, who, who, oh, wait. Who did you have now? So, wait. Who did you have at over 60? We had Sharon Stone. We had Linda yeah. Carter. Linda Carter, definitely. In her 70s, Diane oh, Lane. I got one. Good. Jack Jacqueline Smith. Charlie's Angels. Yes. Okay. I'll take that. I think what's a face? Like Kate Jackson, though, was in her 70s, I think. She's how like about, her. How about Pam Greer? Somebody brought that up. On She's got to be in her 70. Pam Greer, that's a, come on, that's a swipe right. And how about, come on. how about the girl from um, Jackie from 227? Remember her? Oh, Jack A, yeah. Jackie's. Mm-hmm. Ooh, right? yeah. Yeah, she's got to be, yeah, she's definitely up there. I mean, I haven't seen her recently, but, uh, you know, I guess she's kind of got to be in, 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 the, in the convo. I mean, if she maintained anything. Jack A, hold on, let's see that. Jack A, right? Jack A. Harry is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's definitely over 60. She wow. is. Wait a minute. 64. Jack A is 64. And let's see this picture. Looks pretty recent. She looks good. She looks good. Dude, Marla Gibbs. Remember Marla Gibbs, the, the maid from the Jeffersons? She's still alive. She's in like her 90s. I never realized she was that old. I thought you were talking about Marla Maples for a second. Trump's ex wife. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I wonder if she's sick. She's got to be in her 50s. You know, when 50. I was right in 94. So I had to move something in Trump's in Trump's apartment. Right. I was working in 32 BJ Trump Tower. And I guess my boss tells me, hey, look, you know, you got to move something for Trump upstairs. And Trump's got the, the well, at the time he had the top two t- two penthouses of Trump Tower devoted strictly to him. And they're like, there's a glass elevator between the two. Anyways, we had to do something in the guy's dining room, right? His, his, his dining room. We had to move a table or some shit. 
And in the dining room, it looked like something out of King Arthur's court. He had like a, a table that were probably span the size of most people's houses. And we had to move shit around and, you know, bringing up Marla Gibbs. In this case, I thought you said Marla Maples. <laughs> <laughs> there was a huge picture, like a portrait, like a life-size portrait of Marla Maples that was like from the top of the ceiling to the floor. And it was just like, dude, this guy's out of his fucking mind. I mean, it was just like huge. <laughs> I mean, it looked like one of those... Um, those sports cutouts, you know, the people that you put up on the wall and fathead. stuff. He had a Marla Maples fathead on his wall. So I always, I always remember that. And I worked there. Yeah. Well, I mean, did you ever see, I remember when he, when, I mean, we can all remember if you're old enough, like when he hooked up with her, it used to be, remember the show, a current affair. Yeah. It was like, uh, you know, it was like a national Enquirer TV show, basically. And they kept all they ever kept showing when like he left Ivana for her, they kept showing her work. She was in like a workout uh, aerobics video. And I mean, Marla Maples, you know, we'll try and keep it PG is is very well endowed. And she was she had a little like 80s aerobic outfit on and she was doing a lot of jumping so you could figure it out. And they just kept showing that and showing that. So I can imagine him having a life size. Was she was she like naked being covered up like that? No, or, uh, like, it was like uh, it was tasteful. It was a tasteful portrait. Tasteful portrait. <laughs> but I was just like, this is freaking a big portrait, bro. I mean, like it was like in the guy's dining room. <laughs> hey, I mean, I've seen pictures of it on TV when they were showing that. And they said that they said the same thing you said. It was like he lives like royal, like everything's like 14 karat gold faucets and all shit like that. And it looks very gaudy kind of like. Like, like he looks like he's like white trash with money, kind of, if you had, Dude, I, you know. I, met, I worked in the building, you know, back back in the day. I mean, I didn't meet him directly, but I worked for him. And um, I think I told you the story off off, uh, off off camera where, you know, basically my boss at 6.30 in the morning is like, there's a meeting in the lobby. And, you know, I'm ready to punch in. He goes, put your coffee down, just come upstairs. So we go upstairs and I hear like this inhuman freaking screaming. You mother F is this, you mother F is that. Like crazy levels you know the guy was just like screaming at the top of his lungs i got to like the doorway and i could see him and he's got a cigarette butt in his hands and he's screaming like a madman like i'm like is this guy like on coke or something and um i, I looked at my boss i'm like yo is this guy serious you know shut up just be quiet so he was screaming about how a, a cigarette butt was on the floor of trump the residential side of trump tower umfers i pay you all this money and i saw this i came out i woke up this morning and i see this shit and he's going, he's throwing it like in everybody's face, like, you know, you know, yeah. and he got us like he didn't get into my face because I was like a row deep, you know, from, you know, the whole staff was there. But the thing that struck me is like the energy level of this guy, you know, going back to like it was like six o'clock in the morning, six thirty in the morning. The volume of this guy. I mean, it sounded like the guy was at a football game and uh, just the vulgarity. I was like. All right, bro. All right. Won't happen again. Sorry. Sorry. You know, but I know it wasn't direct at me because I didn't work the night before, but just found it interesting. And then that was the same summer that I met Michael Jackson. And, uh, you know, like I said, we had to do that little thing for him, like up in his uh, penthouse where I saw the uh, the thing with uh, Maul and Maples. But um, let me ask you this, man, since you were talking about your brother and Steve Martin, how was he at Christmas time? Trump. Trump. So Trump, you never saw, and Trump doesn't tip you, you know, in the, in the, in the residential building, you got to remember, well, maybe he does because at the end of the day, my father used to get me these jobs in these buildings 
where I'd be summer relief help. So I was gone by September. Uh, okay. 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 So I don't know what happened in those buildings, but I got to imagine, you know, you probably got a decent penny from the guy. You know, I don't know him specifically, you know, I can't say one way or the other, but you know, I think I probably would have got out if he's a shitty tipper, you know? Um, and that's a little bit of different story because he, he owns Trump tower where like some of these residential yeah. buildings, they're owned by the shareholders, meaning the people that yeah. live in. So like, for example, a building with Steve Martin, he's technically the owner of the building with a hundred or 150, yeah, other, yeah, yeah. you know, versus where Trump is the owner of Trump tower. So, you know, I guess, I guess you'd probably get tipped out by him and the people, I guess, if you worked in that building, but I just wasn't around come Christmas time to see it. All right. Um, I don't know. What else do we have? Uh, that looks like we're about, I mean, you got anything else? No, we were just talking you know, some stuff last night. I think we, uh, we talked about the justice league. We were talking about that a little bit, you know, it's contrasting that with the Avengers. Yeah. We, yeah. We, I mean, we both saw it. What did you think? It was okay. You know, like I said, you know, some of the actors that, you know, portray some of the characters kind of destroy it for me. I thought it was okay. It was a long ass movie. I didn't like the aspect ratio of it where it was like letterbox and stuff. Um, it was okay. You know, again, it's not, it's like one of those things like coming to America too, where, you know, it's good. I'll check it out. But you know, if it was in the theaters, would I go pay 20 bucks for it? Probably not. You know? Yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like you with that. And I'm also in the faction. I'm also in the camp of man. I'm not going to a four hour movie. I refuse like the same way. Hey, everyone, raved about the Irishman. I thought it was an okay movie. I didn't think it was that great. And if I would have had to sit three and a half hours or three hours and 40 minutes in a movie theater to watch that, to watch Joe Pesci nap at a call for like a 20 minute scene, I would have been pissed off. I wouldn't want to see it. And the same thing. I love, we both love these comic book movies, but I don't, I'm not going to sit down in a theater for four hours to watch, you know, it was a good movie. I will say that if you, Compared to the Josh Whedon cut to this cut, this movie crushes it out of the park. Definitely go see it if you can. What you want to watch it in parts? It's actually in parts when you watch it. It goes up to like part six, and then there's like it's not a post-credit scene, but that that last nightmare scene at the end. If you remember the nightmare scene from the first one, they expand on that, and it's a completely different scene. And it's really good. But I would definitely go check it out. You know, check it out. You can watch it in bits and pieces if you want. It was a very good movie. We got a couple things else to touch on. I'll do it real quick. I mean, me and Michael were talking about the uh, the St. Patrick's Day movies last week. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Michael Collins movie, the conspiracy stuff with that that came about, tied into General Patton. Maybe we'll save it for next week, but that was pretty interesting. Yeah, the uh, Michael Collins thing. I looked at it. I looked into the Michael Collins thing. If everyone remembers the movie Michael Collins, it was uh, about uh, Northern Ireland, you know, about Ireland. Michael Collins was politician trying to unite Ireland. He he was in the IRA. He went over to England. He basically was the guy that gave up the six counties in Northern Ireland as kind of a peace deal and was assassinated by like a faction member, uh, a faction group of the IRA. Uh, they say the guy's name, I think it's Dennis O'Neill, right. the, the shooter of him. But there's also a lot of conspiracy saying they think he got killed with a ricochet from a bullet. They don't think it was they, they don't think it was it might they may have but, wanted to kill everyone in that that car. Here's the deal. So the, the background with him is you kind of hit it on the head with him. But 
it's one of my favorite St. Patrick's Day movies, you know, outside of maybe The Quiet Man and State of Grace and stuff. And again, I'm not Irish. My family is my immediate family. Other than me, I know you are, obviously. Um, basically, Michael Collins is a general. And um, I guess he was part of the Easter Rebellion. I don't know if you ever saw the backdrop of the Easter Rebellion, but that's a brutal fucking thing yeah. that happened. So basically what happened was the Irish rebelled on Easter Sunday. They held off the English for like five or six days. And I guess eventually they, they, they got overcome and they rounded up all the top leaders of the IRA and all the top leaders of the Irish army. Michael Collins is one. He was a general in it. And another guy, James Connolly, which the dropkick Murphys and uh, Black 47 do a great song about. Make a long story short, they round these guys up. And they basically execute all the top leaders of the IRA, with the exception of Michael Collins was all the way in the back. And they knew he was a general, but somehow he, he got out of it. They didn't kill him. James Connolly was like a union labor. Basically, what happened when he, he got his leg blown off, you know, and holding off the English. This guy was so messed up, like the English, they tied him to a chair. They blindfolded him and they shot him. They shot him dead. It was really brutal shit. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, listen, I, I don't have a. I don't have a horse in it. I guess maybe I'm English, you know, according to our Maltese ancestry. But, you know, some of the shit that you read about isn't great. But going back to Collins for a second, he was the general. He got out of the Easter Rebellion, you know, unscathed. And then I guess at some point they were trying to make peace with England. And the prime minister of England, of, of Ireland, didn't want to go over to negotiate with the English. So he sent yeah. Collins over there. Collins came back. Like you said, he, he gave up the six counties. He's like, oh, I got a great deal for everybody. He goes, we don't have to go to war with the English. And they're all arguing with him like, oh, what, do you, what did you do? What did you do? And he's like, you know, I avoided a war. He goes, they would have killed us in a war. He goes, well, what did you do? And he goes, I gave up the six counties and that's Northern Ireland. And I guess some people on the IRA, like you said, on the factions were pissed off. And, you know, allegedly they were on like that windy road, kind of like Patton was, which, you know, I would bring up at a future <laughs> date. But um, allegedly they got ambushed. And like you said, that guy, Dennis O'Neill, allegedly is the shooter. And there are a couple other uh, things talking about how it was like a ricochet. Make a long story short, it was planned. And, yeah, and uh, he, knew he knew who he was. They had met earlier, too, from what I read. Like, he, they they definitely knew each other, those two guys. Right. And, uh, I think it's in the southern part of uh, Ireland, too. I mean, for the, for the Irish out there. I think it's like a mountainous area. My friend Joe, you know, my friend Tony's friend, I think he uh, he talked about it. He, he goes to Ireland a lot on business and stuff in the UK. You know, he was telling me it's a, it's a messed up area in terms of like, you know, how it winds. Almost like if you've been to California, like the, the Palisades Parkway and stuff where it merges with the water. Yeah. But it's a pretty interesting story. You know, I mean, you know, for the Irish out there, you know, really want to know the history of the Republic of Ireland. Pretty cool. You know, and uh, the whole conspiracy aspect of it is, is really messed up, you know, with, the, you know, if it if it if it came to pass. And, uh, you know, for the music fans out there, if you want to check out the Black 47 or uh, the Dropkick Murphys, they do they do songs about uh, about Michael Collins. There's a, a song called Big Fella for the Black 47 fans. And then there's a they do a, a song called James Connolly, which is which is really, really good. So. You know, when I do my St. Patrick's Day shows with the DJ stuff, those are always staples that I play. Actually, you might know the Big Fellas song. You ever, you're a big fan of Sons and Anarchy, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. when they went to Ireland? Yeah, 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 yeah. Song in the beginning of the third episode yeah. of the episode one, that's Big Fella. Oh, okay. So if you go back and watch it, that's in there. And uh, 
listen, there are a lot of St. Patrick stuff. You know, I was glad to see the parade go on. I know I got another buddy of mine who's friends with your buddy, Chris, you know, in his same fraternity, he's big with the Hiberians. I think the St. Patrick's days went off, you know, uh, good this year. You know, I know for the first well, time. There was I, no, well, there was no parade in the city. They shut that down. It's did just, it? Or yeah, they there was, no, there was no parade. In it. They had like some little bullshit stuff, but there was no parade. And it, it was like virtual. It was virtual, right? Yeah, it was all bullshit. I mean, hopefully next year. But, you know, this is the second year in a row of no parades of a parade that's been going on for like over 200 years. So, right. Right. Uh, whatever. And, just, and all the Irish out there, we got the Irish flag flying in front of 10 Oxford. So just to let you guys know, we got the Republic of Ireland flag <laughs> in the wind. <laughs> all right. What do you got to plug? Anything? Uh, oh, man. Uh, we do DJ Chris Clash. It's going to get real busy soon, guys. Uh, so put your bookings now. Check out the website. Do Cardinal Financial. Um, you know who I want to, I don't know if you want to mention his last name, but me and Michael got a buddy of ours who I think is running for state legislature in, in, uh, Suffolk County, uh, 16 district, our friend Manny from the boy scouts. Um, you want to throw his last name out there, Mike? Or no? Yeah. Um, you know what? We'll reach out to him first. See if he wants us to talk about it. And if he does, we'll, we'll mention it every show because Manny's a good, you know, Manny's a good guy. So. We'll definitely, definitely uh, we'll talk to him. And if yeah. he wants us to talk about it, then we'll definitely mention his name on our show. Okay, cool. And then uh, La Familia, definitely check them out. Good people. Um, and uh, I was going to plug a bar up in uh, near Yankee Stadium, but me and Mike, I think, talked about it yesterday. I think he's got enough business, but, you know, uh, maybe we'll throw his name out there at one point. You know, we'll talk to Chris. <laughs> yeah. See if he can write a check. Um Anyway, uh, all I got is uh, check out my buddy Jack. As always, I can paint uh, SOF Bad Monkey. Um, and listen, please like, subscribe, share the show. We're trying to grow. We're trying to get better. You know, like I said, we're at, at Crack House Pod on Twitter, the Crack House Podcast underscore between the words on Instagram. You know, you can check out me and Chris on Facebook under our names, Chris Muscolino, Michael Sullivan. Hit us up. Let us know if there's anything you want to see on the show, anything different on the show. Let us one, know. One more thing, guys. So for those who don't know how to subscribe, and my wife asked me about this. I'm sure my mother will probably have some questions. I'm sure some people out there. When we say subscribe, when you go to the YouTube channel, there's a, like a little bell in the upper right-hand corner. You got to click on it. And that gives us a subscriber. That shows us that you're following the show. The reason I'm bringing it up is my wife was oblivious to it. And my sister-in-law, Sandeel, they're trying to follow it. Like, how do we subscribe? How do we subscribe? So if there's anybody else out there that's not you savvy, that's how you subscribe. And it's free. It's free. We're just giving it all away. Yeah. Um insane. <laughs> Whatever happened to that? I wonder if he's still alive. The guy that did the commercials. The other guy went nuts, man. Oh, that could be a we're talking about crazy Eddie next week. Because I talk about crazy Eddie. that guy went. Cuckoo, like he went, like fucking fled to Israel. Oh man, it was like a scam. That and guy pulled a scam. And I think we should make a whole nother segment next week. You just jogged my memory about him, the Sham Wow guy. Oh yeah, remember the Sham Wow guy? That was a guy caught with the tranny, right? Probably. Yes. Tran yes. Tran transsexual. We did a whole segment on those guys. Those guys are priceless. All right, so <laughs> next week, Crazy Eddie, Sham Wow, and whatever else we could think of. Remember the guy with the Sham Wow? He's like, look yes. this. Germans make it. it. Must be good. Oh no, that was a little greater thing. Remember? 
The, he had, yeah, the nuts. My Powell. nuts. Was that the guy in my nuts? It was no, the no, same no. guy, my nuts. Shamwell. <laughs> no. The guy, no, the guy with the prostitute was that skinny white dude. Yes. What? Yeah. He did Shamwell and, so, and the nuts. Remember, he crushed yeah. the nuts. He goes, You're going to love my nuts. You're going to love my nuts. <laughs> That's that guy. Dude, we definitely got to talk about that stuff next week. All right. Next week, Crazy Eddie, Shamwell, and whatever else we got. Uh, as always, thanks for tuning in. Listen, tomorrow, well, this comes out on Sunday, Monday morning. Attack the world like you're a 1998 blockbuster and nothing can stop you. Bye-bye. Aaron Gobra.